Hello and welcome to the New Zealand Powerlifting Podcast, featuring your two favourite lifetime intermediate lifters, Jason Clark and Joel Larter. We're stationed here in uh, Jason's office at North Shore Barbell to talk about what, Jason? Well, kia ora and welcome everybody. We are here today to preview the 2000, sorry, 2020 New Zealand Powerlifting Nationals. Uh, How good is that? As you're probably aware, Joel and I have on a, have been on a bit of a, a period away from the podcast. A hiatus, if you will. Yeah, a bit of a hiatus. Um, obviously, there's a few things been going on. Um, what's been going on with you, Joel? Uh, not much. Just, um, you know, stressed, grinding 24-7, um, trying to get that Lambo, um, trying to get those bricks, you know. Building your empire. Yeah, b- I'm building an empire. <clears throat> Look, um, if any of you guys, young professionals actually, want advice on building an empire, I'll uh, send you a complimentary box of Migoring noodles. Yes, anyway. Um, we have been rather busy here at North Shore Bar, but obviously New Zealand powerlifting's on, been on a bit of a, a different schedule this year with That's it. lockdowns, etc. So I think um, it's fair to say we're looking forward to this Nationals happening, touch wood. If it does, he touched plastic. <laughs> oh my god, we're fucked. Um, but hopefully, everything comes together and there aren't any lockdowns to kind of inhibit it. But um, yeah, it's been an interesting year for sure. Um, surprisingly enough, it's actually our biggest ever nationals, with all things being considered. Um, what can you attribute that to, Joel? What do you think is uh, sort of the the, the, the driver influx of numbers? So. <clears throat> to frame things up, I believe there's 221 lifters, almost entirely raw. There might be two or three equipped in there. Yeah, I think um, two or three, yeah. Yeah, which is our, our biggest ever nationals uh, for NZPF, let alone any powerlifting organization in New Zealand, um, which is especially impressive given what's going on in the world. But Jason sort of asked what's driving it. I think um, those who love the sport appear to have really rallied around it this year in spite of you know periods away from training and whatnot training is sort of like a constant and although we can't leave the country and spend our time doing other things uh, a lot of people have locked themselves down <clears throat> and uh focused on their strength yeah i think it's an interesting one i think you're probably right like to be honest i think half of it is routine but like what else are you going to do right <laughs> um you know if, I, I don't know if you listen to the news or whatever much but like <laughs> golf numbers are like through the roof yeah same with fishing about, and stuff yeah so things that are like not necessarily team sports or contact sports are massively on the rise and i don't i wouldn't say we've had a rise but like we have had a really we well, i guess we do have a really good number for our nationals considering if you think about it, there's actually quite a few people like a few what i would say uh regulars missing yep. from the mix so it's an interesting one and um it's a little bit of a different kind of makeup of lifters this year so it's going to make for a really interesting competition and by the sounds of things it's going to be pretty fucking awesome and it seems like cpa i see they're doing a bit of work today getting everything sorted it seems like they're going to pull together a pretty awesome competition i know a lot of those uh cpa committee members have been working really hard behind the scenes so um shout outs to cpa yeah shout out to I the canterbury powerlifting I association i was sure that when the larders left that they were going to fall to parts but 
pulled a bit, sorry, but um, apparently they're thriving without you and um, young Jacqueline. Ironic, isn't it? Um, sometimes they need to see, you know, realise what they've lost in order to move forward. Yes, and it wasn't much, apparently. But yeah, we, do, we do, as, as people that have been uh, heavily involved in the organisation of, of national meets and whatnot in the past, uh, suffice to say we don't envy their job putting this together as well as that they um they need to take into account governments guidelines social distancing all that kind of thing if uh the the time necessitates it that's a good point actually yeah i guess even more kudos to them having to deal with all that other shit going in around the competition probably not the easiest year to be organizing your nationals with like things potentially changing and yeah people people get grumpy during normal years at at changes and and whatnot and uh it's a moving target for sure yeah um so the competition's going to be at rickerton racecourse yep not to be confused with eddington racecourse um christchurch a city of racecourses there'll be a few punts on uh, yeah. Or Saturday, if you should be some, uh, some horses running on Saturday. Honestly, I'm I'm not qualified to to say, but uh, Rickett and Racecourse is also used for the Sunday markets. Oh, nice. We're gonna, if you're hanging around in beautiful Christchurch uh, in the middle of October on that Sunday, make sure you pop down to the markets. So um, I don't know if there's gonna be punts on though. Oh, it could be. No horses, maybe digital horses. No, no, the horses are running at the moment, mate. Um, Anyway, enough of that. So, set the scene for us, Joel. You've been there before? Have has, has CPA ran a comp out of Rickerton Racecourse before? Uh, <clears throat> not during my time there. Um, Your tenure? A, my tenure. Uh, and I don't believe uh, in recent history there have been any comps there, but it's a cool venue and they can do all the catering and, and all that, that fun stuff. Um, there won't be much else going on there, so you're not going to have to um, mess around trying to get parks or whatever location close to the airport it's not too close to town but shit christchurch is pretty easy to get around compared to uh auckland i'm envisioning like similar ish venue to what we had like at alexandra race park is that am i, I in I the right th- direction or i think so and from the upstairs or no idea i mean i've i've just seen some stuff on instagram and um it looks probably quite similar to what you'd get at alexandra park um that's cool. I think yeah. it's something to look forward to. It sounds like, I mean, I've heard good things anyway, so it yeah. should be good. And uh, so we'll be running Tuesday through to Saturday this year. That's it. Finishing on Saturday because it's what the people want. Yes, I think that is a uh, big green tick from me in terms of finishing on a Saturday because uh, you've got people actually participating, let's say, uh, heavily in the banquet. Yeah, participating heavily in a, in a banquet um, followed up by uh, a cheeky game of boat racing. Yeah, Would you well, call it a game of boat be, race? That'll be during the banquet. During the banquet, yeah, um, before whatever else goes on. We'll touch on that um, yeah. later on in the podcast because that is a heavily requested um, a preview, if you will, on that. Um, so start thinking of your team's regions. <laughs> Anyway, let's, um, should we talk about some lifting? So, That's um, it. like I said earlier, interesting calendar this year. We had regionals were all moved from, I'm looking at my calendar. April here, to July. From, all the way from April through to July, in which we had pretty much a three-week span of regionals from the 11th of July till the 25th and the 26th of July, um, and which essentially led most people with like a, I think it's a 12 to 13 or an 11 to 13 week lead up into nationals which isn't a isn't a huge amount of time so like something that kind of pops into my mind if you are able to get a bit of momentum through this period you're putting yourself 
you're putting your best foot forward because uh, personally, like lifters like you and I, who are um, somewhat seasoned in the sport, 11 weeks can go uh, like that. And yeah. um, it's not easy to make PBs in that period of time. So it's going to make for an interesting one. I would say the nominations that we're looking at are going to be pretty true to what we're going to see on the platform, or at least, you know, within fuck 10 15 max um so it's going to be really interesting and um to be honest i'm i'm looking forward to it so i think we'll just go ahead and jump on into this so so how are we going to talk about this today because i'm conscious that we want to cover everything but we we don't want to dwell on uh, we want to talk about every single one of you but we can't yes we don't have the time yes contrary to popular belief three hour plus podcast not really that popular not that yeah, ours yeah. is popular anyway i mean three and a half three hours though you know because we this is the first time in a year we've done one <laughs> yeah i don't know if we have the uh the fitness or endurance to do we that we need to get Hang to meal up. prep guys so we're gonna uh, try keep it concise but i mean so how do we want to do it you said yeah so i think what we're gonna do today is go we're gonna so usually historically we have done weight classes so and just spoken on the opens and then touched on potential juniors along the way if if it kind of like if the competition necessitated it or yep. the performance from said junior or sub juniors necessitated it this time around i actually think we'll start off with uh we're gonna go sub junior junior and then we'll touch on some masters and then we'll pretty much touch on the opens uh, yeah well maybe in the opens if there's like a junior who would potentially win we'll talk about it but i don't think there's that yeah it's actually really happening at all isn't we'll it? touch on some of like the people in there that we think are gonna you know could win best overall or, or put up some interesting yeah uh, so let's talk about best overall that's what i meant to say not just every single weight class um i will say this year specifically in the females we actually are lacking a little bit of junior slash sub junior lifters. yeah it, is it definitely seems to have down that, yeah it's it's for sure down whereas the men's side of things has exploded why do you think that's the case? I mean, the observation would be we're getting less university students competing at the moment than we have in the past, and there is a lot of work going on behind the scenes to get more people involved. But typically juniors, and, and especially women and whatnot, that seems to be where more people enter the sport. Um, and there hasn't been a lot of outreach or you know, um, involved clubs with the likes of APA, CPA in recent years. So... If you know people that lift at uni that are loosely interested in powerlifting, you know, encourage them to put together a society and, and get involved. Yeah, it's interesting. We like I feel as though we had quite a good level of juniors, sub juniors throughout like the novice comp that we hosted here at the start of the year and also Auckland Cup last year yeah which hasn't really quite carried over to nationals it has a little bit has for, like I said it has for guys yeah true good point like lots of lots of men into the sport or whatever and if you if you split it up that's ex- exploded it's just for some reason not quite as as, as many women sticking around mm. um, but as Jason no, said we have in. seen a yeah sticking sorry around. it's coming in yeah. we have seen a reasonable amount at the novice comps here in Auckland yeah. um, and you mean it looks to be fairly similar in, down south yeah, so it's definitely a, a, a um, area of NZPF to keep an eye on for sure. Um, anyway, so we'll, I want to kick it off here with the sub-juniors. So starting with the females, we have, I think, 
three sub junior sorry four sub juniors coming into the um the female flight there so we actually only have one flight for all sub junior and junior females and um it's pretty pretty much uh, a one horse ray in terms of well, sorry one horse race in terms of best overall sub sorry junior. um one horse ray if you're listening <laughs> yeah sorry mate <laughs> but pretty much that trophy we could almost give yeah probably now, pre-allocate pre-allocate <laughs> that's the word i'm looking for to um zoe perkins who was actually the best overall sub junior at auckland regionals as well and um zoe who's come in with a nominated total of 360 kilos which actually puts her in about fourth in the opens is um obviously still a very young lifter being a sub junior and um only looking like she's going to progress from that so i think like you know her lifts that she's got there she's already surpassed 142 and a half squat 65 kilo bench and 152.5 kilo deadlift pretty sure she squatted a very comfortable 135 the other day i think she benched 70 and not sure exactly on the deadlift but i'm sure she'll be up there and you know when you are a subby coming into the sport pretty new although she's been around like a maybe a couple of years yeah yeah um you're in for a pretty fast rate of progression so definitely one to keep an eye out for and uh like i said we'll probably probably lock in that best overall sub junior so uh watch yeah, out one to watch out for and um hopefully she may uh put her foot forward into the opens next year yeah 100 percent. that's mm. what we like around here mm. Mm. more people lifting in the o- more people lifting in the opens so there'll be some honorable since last year yeah yeah there'll be some honorable mentions throughout of uh pe- masters and uh, junior lifters alike who have thrown their hat in the ring with the opens Okay, so going into the sub-junior males. Quite a few of these compared to last year. Yeah, so we have a full flight, which looks to be 12 to 14 odd, which is pretty cool. Predominantly the middleweight classes, Yes, yeah, so, no surprises. So a few lifters here of probably note. Um, the big battle here is definitely between Bede Alexander and Heath Graham. Um, so these are two very, very strong 93 kilo sub-junior lifters um bead coming in with a 220 nominated squat 155 kilo bench and 235 kilo deadlift for a nominated total of 16 and heath coming in 217.5 kilo squat 127.5 kilo bench press and 260.5 crazy kilo deadlift which is a 605 total so very very close between those two a uh, couple interesting notes um bead had a pretty sub-maximal regionals i think he missed one lift on a little bit of a technicality i couldn't actually recall exactly what it is but the man is strong as all hell um a decent bench for a young guy as well yeah yeah so very good bench at 155 kilos but heath on the other hand uh probably posts a little bit more frequently he's definitely on the come up i think he squatted or oh, honestly like 220 something maybe 222.5 the other day he mm-hmm. benched a very comfortable 140 kilos wow and he's pulled uh over 260 i think 267 or something like that if i'm not mistaken deadlift will um, help and he's only like 18 years old so he's actually coached by tim monaghetti which is interesting so one of new zealand's best if he's siphoning any of his gains then he'll be in for some some reasonable progression but um i so i've watched i don't think you've watched me these guys lift too much have you i, did, I saw them at regionals yeah, that was so about it. i this is hard to say I would say off the top of my head, if I had to choose, and I will just to be um, controversial, I'd say probably Bead I would I would put slightly ahead. He's very tall. Like, he's a very tall 93 kilo lifter. And I'm like, 
watching him lift um, at a Waikato Regionals and I was thinking, who the fuck is this guy? He's so skinny but so strong. Um, but Bede's a little bit more built for it. Like I said, he had a very submaximal performance. I know he's made a lot of progress, but it's going to be close. But, you know, he played the last pull, but I don't know if, if, if Bede pushes himself, I would say that he's probably going to be the uh, the leader there. And, yeah, it'll be a good fight nonetheless. The other one I wanted to mention also actually is uh, Cantabrian uh, Levi Greening, who's actually someone I've kind of kept an eye on in recent times. He's actually a very strong young lifter. And, Oh, yeah. Seems like he's a bit of a one times per week guy who actually is pretty damn strong as a consequence of doing it. So uh, crazy. Just probably someone I would keep an eye out for. But um, yeah, like a good contingent of sub juniors, and I'm looking forward to actually seeing that all go down. It should be a good flight. I think I might be commentating that one actually. That'd be fucking sick. Um, yeah, flight two perhaps. But anyway, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. So moving on from there. Uh, we'll go into the juniors now. So, yep. like I said, one flight for the sub-junior and junior females. Um, and a pretty close battle there pushing for best overall would be most likely, unless, of course, someone else comes through the ranks, um, Dana Yili and Emily Giles-Rosanowski. So, what are your thoughts there, Joel? Obviously, I have some, but I will touch on them in a second. It's It's quite interesting... Uh, Emily, I believe, is is bulking up, uh, weighed in quite light at Canterbury's, maybe five or six kgs under the eighty-four kilogram class. Gaining weight and increasing your coefficient, uh, IPFGL points, which we'll touch on that in a minute, uh, is always a, a pretty hard task. Although I'm not uh, convinced she had the best meet at, at Canterbury's, perhaps missing, missing a few benches. Dana based on her training looks to be getting really strong she's adding a lot to her bench and that's becoming quite uh quite an asset i guess as a 52 kg lifter i don't know it's hard to say where it's going to go but i think dana has momentum on her side and the fact that she's not going up in weight that'll um see her through pretty well yeah if we look at the the junior sorry the rankings overall rankings from regionals that the the two are split by 0.55 GL points, which to me means nothing, but it seems like not that much. Um, so really not much separating the two. The interesting thing here is like, so usually you would think, okay, Dana will have a look. Uh, sorry, sorry, Emily will have a look because Dana will go first, but they're actually lifting in the same flight. So technically Emily will have the advantage being the heavier deadlifter. Yeah. But it's not as much of an advantage as you would usually have being class. the heavier lifter. So it's going to be really close. Uh, you know, obviously Dana will just have to put together whatever she can to put herself in the best position to, um, you know, have the best good lift points at the end of it. But I don't know, it's hard to say. I mean, expect Dana to come in at the same weight. She weighed in at 52 at regionals, so don't think that that will affect her coefficient. However, expect Emily to come in a little bit heavier, which will make the coefficient a little bit harder although I would expect a higher rate of progression from her. So yep. you kind of like two, two very different situations, but it's going to equate for a pretty good, a pretty good, um, a pretty good battle there. So fight. yeah, I mean, Emily's nominated numbers of 156, 92 and a half and 190 are a little bit below what she's going to do. And definitely on her bench, you know, you've probably all seen her bench a hundred and training a few times. So we know she's capable of at least seven and a half there. 
but you know putting it together on the platform is another thing and you know hopefully she can do that on the day obviously from my end being a coach but you know if we if we can do that that'll put ourselves in a right position in a good position but like joel said dana's bench is also coming up yeah she's put over five kilos on that or well, i think yeah over five kilos yeah, on she that, benches so. 77 80 at 52 that's pretty good five in the gym that was what she did in the gym yeah. so looking looking good for near 80 which is you know amongst the best in new zealand's ever had in the 52s yeah so it'll be cool um i don't want to pick because i'm a bit uh have a bit of bias but if yeah. you had to i i think dana i know i know emily's understated but uh dana's also got some good momentum albeit weight cutting but i think the the cut is going to aid her in terms of gl points very interesting point so yeah that'll be cool definitely one to watch there for sure um okay so sorry i've just lost my spot here um so moving into the junior men. males men if you will um now a, a bit more a bit more numbers here on yeah, the, on the bit more men. action we actually have a full flight for the junior 83s and and the, the 93s and the junior 93s so yeah like we were talking about before, a lot more um, competition here, and um, funnily enough, the, I think the the best overall there is going to be pretty locked in place. With yeah, um, going to be very hard to beat this guy. Yeah, pretty hard to beat Mahaki Cooper, who's going to be coming in with uh, seven hundred and twelve nominated total at eighty three. So, I you could pretty much bank that, unless you know, barring disaster. But outside of that, that eighty three class is going to be really awesome to watch. Like I said, a full flight there. A lot of guys kind of in the mix for third and fourth, which would be nice to watch. Um, probably notable mention there to Josh Perkins, sis, uh, sorry, brother of sorry, Zoe, Perkins. which we mentioned <laughs> before. So another one to watch out for. He'll definitely be looking to add some extra kilos to his total um, after his uh, Auckland's performance, in which he narrowly got beat by my co-host here. How good. <laughs> this old man has some fight in him. <laughs> Yeah, after he fucking dropped his second deadlift, Joel, that is. Hey, it's the fake. It's yeah. just like what um that dude did in Sweden, the Emil 105. Norling? Yeah, Emil Norling. <laughs> Legendary. Move. And um, uh, Maria T. Yes. Yeah. Well, there you go, guys. Legit. Learn to mess with your competition, although it wasn't intentional. Yeah. <laughs> Miss your second deadlift. <laughs> Don't do it. If you're going to do that, at least tell your coach. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the other one to mention there for sure would be the 93 males. Yeah, yeah. The really because like a lot of these guys could throw their hat in the ring against the Open. So we've got a good cluster in the top three there between good fight between uh, J-Mac, Jacob McKinnon, Eli and Dylan Carroll. So, what's your take on this one, Joel? You're, you're so I think the, the 93 juniors is, is going to be sick, those top three. It's reminiscent of the Battle of the Junior 93s of 2016 Nationals, which was also in Christchurch. Is that the tie? Yeah, the three-way tie between Tom Hart, Ben Hanara, and Harris Butt. That was it. They, they all landed on the same total, uh, but Harris... What's points if you can remember that total? Oh, 632.5, I think. 647, wasn't it? Six something. This is before Tom uh, went up a class and got real strong. Anyway, Hold continue. On. Pull it up, Jason. <laughs> okay, um, it was... Uh, we're all just... Anyway, this is... This is um, oh, 645. 645, 12 and a half off. Yeah, anyway. Some New Zealand powerlifting history 
many of you weren't even born in 2016 <laughs> anyway but it's going to be a year reminiscent of of that and um you know jacob two-time national champ sorry maybe three time 2017 18 19 not 17 i don't think i thought he won in in dunedin but anyway he's he's won a couple he's re- he's represented new zealand uh, a bit last year and the year before yeah um dylan carroll you know, was a he i th- think he still holds the new zealand sub junior records in the 93s yep. and uh eli um sort of a dark horse definitely the biggest of the three of these guys like <laughs> eli could very easily swap uh swap codes to bodybuilding anyway these guys are all within you know 10 or 15 kgs of each other we don't know much about jacob's training at the moment he's fairly secretive mm. but um you know dylan's bench 190 in the gym albeit with his his butt in the air Mm. Eh? Hey. Um, and e- Eli also uh, squatting and, and benching some some pretty big numbers. The fight between Eli and Dylan at Auckland's was awesome. Jacob's from the Wellington and Central region, and I think um, provided there's no injuries, um, this Jacob's, should be a good wee fight. So here's how I see it, right? Jacob is by far the most polished and experienced lifter. Yep, for sure. Lot. Now, that's not to shit on the other two. They're probably the stronger lifters. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately for them, it's a sport of both, right? Yep. So, Jacob's, to be fair, probably actually the strongest squatter. Yeah, he, oh, for sure. But the other two have huge fucking benches, and I don't know if Jacob will be able to hold it on those, hold his own on those. So, the way I see it is Jacob's numbers were down a little bit. At, at uh, regionals, but obviously, like, a lot of people's numbers were down. I think he'd been training with 120 like kgs yeah, and no bench like and all that. that kind of stuff. But he's, uh, you know, it'll come back from because he's a season lifter. So, I'd say he'll be hard to beat, and this would be his fourth junior national championship, because I just checked it before. I was right. So, 2017, 2018, Memory of an elephant. 2020. Surely his last one as well. Um, he'll be very hard to beat. He is my pick for the win. Now, if Dylan can hit three benches, bench close to 190, and actually his deadlift at Auckland's was pretty good. He just almost passed out on a second, and his yeah. 255 third was pretty easy. If he can pull together, if Dylan can go nine for nine, he'll probably win, just because I don't think I've ever seen him go nine for nine. No. Um, yeah, honestly, I'm saying this, but it's getting harder and harder to choose. I guess choose. The, the thing... Eli's benched I'm not over sure. 170 in training now. Yeah, and he's he can squat, he can squat big. He's he's destroyed 240 deep in the gym. Yeah, like not no nothing like dodgy about it at all. His his uh, what would you say? His his issue is his deadlift for sure. Yeah. Um, when compared to the other guys. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know, Eli was due to compete last compete year. Compete last year at nationals and put like a uh, pretty big pretty total, big total yeah. together, and he actually cut his hand open and almost lost his finger yeah basically almost lost his finger in this facility actually and uh you know got he uh had to pull out obviously and um basically couldn't really train for a few months and has kind of had grip problems since uh it seems to be coming right at the moment but he's still kind of working his way through that so like i said i think jacob will win just purely on experience he'll probably have i wonder if he'll have rory handling him because that'll help. Rory often handles him, yeah. Yeah, so if he has Rory behind him, puts together a decent performance that he's probably capable of, um, I could see him taking out his fourth title. 
Yep. And anytime you're saying someone take out their fourth title, you've got to kind of back them, right? Especially yep. if it's close. Like, it's going to be close. <laughs> it's uh, Eli and Dylan are very similar in the sense that they are both a little bit erratic. And, you know, you're just like, these guys are strong as fuck. Um, if they could pull together something like a, a proper performance, a full performance, your ninth night day, they're going to, you know, put, put together a massive total. But it's just really a case of doing that. And you know, obviously, training to those conditions in the gym. And if they change, reduce your speed. What? Drive to the conditions if they change, oh, reduce your speed. Never mind. Sorry, just making sure the audience here is awake. Yeah. Sorry All right. Pull them with that. That's enough about juniors. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, that's 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 the juniors. And uh, so just to recap, sub juniors, I've got Zoe, Bead, yep. Joel's got Dana for best junior. Yep. And then we're looking at Mahaki Kupu for... That's it. Or Kupu. Kupu or Kupu? I don't know. He can uh, tell me that one. It's your client, mate. For um, best junior male. And then, just a couple of mentions, a couple of notable mentions for the Masters. So, yeah. I know how many Masters listeners we don't have. But... Uh, That's sad. A couple of things to note there. Probably the one fight that we'll be looking forward to the most would be our APA president... Um, Darren Neves up against Edward Ng. In the and 105s. Edwin Ng, sorry. Yep. In the 105s there, and that should be a really good good fight between those. So Darren's bench is down a little bit. He comes in with a higher nominated total, but his bench has been a little bit marred by injury. So um, it's going to be a really good fight between those two. But his other lifts are looking great. His actually deadlifts come up really nicely. And Edwin's uh, been around a long time, and I'm sure he'll put together a really good performance. These guys are both recently into uh, Masters 1 division. Not that you could tell they look about... 39 juniors, 39 yeah. Yeah, they look about 39 and a half yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah it's going to be a really good performance there and then of course in the female Masters division probably the one to note there and one to watch out for would yeah. undoubtedly be Rochelle Jessup yeah. who uh, we actually haven't seen on the platform since probably Nationals last year and um, she put together an awesome performance there I think squatting 150 kilos benching 95 and deadlifting 190 so a huge 435 kilo total and she could definitely be throwing a hat in the um, in the uh, what do you say with hat, the, head in the ring head with the, the open ring. I've already said it before take a shot it. every time someone says throw their head in the ring <laughs> um, uh, so you, she could definitely be yeah, throwing yeah. her hat in the ring in the opens I, but, I, uh, it would have be been nice to see see that go down with uh, lifters who we'll mention a little bit later yeah but uh, you but know she it might is be what it is. she'll take overall. that cap for best overall masters one yeah so and best overall master She'll be definitely one to watch out for, and I'm pretty excited to see her lift because I remember spotting and loading that session last year, and I was uh, very fucking um, impressed. And uh, like, like I said, it's been a while since she's been on the platform, so exciting times. That's it. Cool. Okay, now heading into our open divisions, Joel. Bum bum bum. What everyone's looking out for? So the open divisions, uh, generally speaking, are pretty sick this year. Most weight classes have pretty decent representation bar the uh, 59s, 47s. So the ones that typically there's not many lifters in New Zealand anyway. Uh, but I don't know. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this, both f- you know from a lifting point of view and also some of the, the battles that we've got earmarked. I, I do think in comparison to last year... No, nah, I think this is think, overall better. I think overall yes yeah, so that's what i was gonna say like, i think overall the lifting's better but i think the battles 
aren't as high up if you know what i mean like yep. there's not as many fights for first yeah yeah there's a lot of no, that's that's probably a fair a fair assessment right i think that the interesting thing this year versus last or previous years is there's been an actual explosion in lighter weight lightweight men's lifting 66 and 74 has a higher level of representation than it has previously we first saw that play out at the end of 2019 when we had like 10 or 12 guys in the 66s for Auckland Cup. Here in Auckland we had full flights of 66s and 74s, um, which is pretty nuts. So it's, it's good to see the smaller gents getting amongst it. Um, and there's certainly no lack of big lifts there. Um, if, as, as we sort of alluded to before, the, the the numbers in the ladies have dropped off slightly but still from the 63s and up there is some really really good depth in there and there's going to be some fights if not for first for you know the podium or second and third all that kind of thing yeah so we'll start this off with with our uh lighter lifters here like john mentioned a little bit on the um the lighter side yeah funnily <laughs> enough in terms of numbers um so <laughs> yeah hilarious so just to kind of wrap that up there, I guess the one to really obviously watch out for, as you're all probably aware, would be undoubtedly Megan Lee Smith. Uh, in the 47s. Former, well, I guess current junior world champion. Yeah. She's now, this actually be her first year in the Open? I think so, yeah. competition in the Open? Yeah. And um, her total last year, 363, it was good enough for, I believe, third out of all 47 kg lifters worldwide you know behind the likes of heather connor and uh naomi albert from france but um megan lee is definitely one to watch out for and we'll we'll touch on her lifting and her ability uh when we talk about overalls at, at the end of this because um yeah it's going to be action-packed okay so we'll come back to that shall we the 59 men, not many, only two lifters in here, and I think it's it's fair to say that Michael Murray of the mighty Canterbury will uh, take that one out with his 440 kg nominated total. Obviously, a couple of 59s moved up last year. Chung, Ali, um, and Prasanth, notable omission from the entries this year, so not as much depth there, but um, I'm sure Michael will put on a, a good show nonetheless. Yeah, and similar sort of scenario, really, in the 52 females. Uh, we're looking at probably a pretty comfortable victory from Sarah Surtees. Yeah. Sarah's actually been around a while. Um, and she's a she very strong lifter, like, coming in with a 335-kilo total, you know, with a notable 147.5-kilo deadlift. Uh, yes, sorry, it's, it's probably Sarah, isn't it? Possibly. Yeah, sorry, Sarah. I know um, we, we definitely um, kind of mentioned her in, in the, the written wrap-up for the Wellington one because I think she took some fairly big jumps in attempts and maybe a couple of misses due to that, possibly just on bench. But, you know, she's she's definitely up there in the 52s. I mean, looking back in time, 52s at some points have been really highly contested classes when Amanda Fultz was in there, when Evie was in there, when Susie Premji was, well, was missing, in there. Missing uh, two prevalent 52-kilo lifters due to um, giving birth. Yeah, yeah, Amanda and Susie, Shout congrats. Shout out to Amanda and Susie, yeah, definitely big congratulations there. Hopefully um, the next generation of NZPF lifters... <laughs> is strong. Yeah, yeah. Coming through strong. When... Um, when dads are both lifters as well yeah, true. <laughs> awesome breeding breeding well team good work um so yeah anyway look for sarah to take that one out um they're pretty comfortable three three lifters in that 
there as well. Um, so moving into the 66, 66 men. kilo men, this is definitely an interesting flight and some controversy actually around this. Jason and I have been arguing. Yeah. Other yeah. 66s are more stacked class than the 105s. We'll talk obviously about the 105 specifically, but I think there's this bias towards big weight classes in New Zealand or heavyweight classes. And the 66s has a some really... would say that. Hey? What? A small guy would say that. Yeah. Um, any, anyone under 5'10 will sympathize with what I'm saying. But no, seriously, the, the 66s now has become quite competitive, mostly up here in Auckland, but we, we barely ever used to have people totaling over 500. You'd have Chris Tan back in the day before he started bodybuilding. You'd have Kavwa Sikoni, um, you know, for all we know, Kavwa will return to the 66s. Nothing would surprise me less, in fact. Uh, yeah, Regan Deer, um, maybe Stephen Shee. A number of people that have totaled over 500 over the years since since powerlifting's rise in popularity, but this is the first time we've actually seen some depth um, and some competition for the podium. Okay, so here's my take on the 66s. Right? This is the, like, if you were to average the IPF points or whatever the fuck we're calling it now, good lift points across the whole flight, mm -hmm. this would be the best flight. Yes. Okay, so everyone here basically is capable of totaling 500 pretty much um, yeah kale might be a little bit off but kale's still a very strong lifter and those are obviously fake knobs um so basically you've got one through to seven that can compete uh yeah. yes i would say so my reason why it wasn't that com competitive is because one through to three are almost not quite but very close to a shoo-in yep however bad things can happen people have shit days yeah good things can happen so and it could get mixed up so like we have a really really strong cluster like or i should say very tight cluster three through to seven which is fucking awesome and we don't have anyone coming in filling in the numbers no no <laughs> you know what i mean yeah it's it's certainly going to be interesting i mean viv washington is by far the favorite in this class and he was for sure a dark horse at auckland so cut down from the 74s yeah. let's talk about viv for a second so i mean what, what are you what are your thoughts on just how well he made the cut to 66 well it's and i know it's you're a man that loves weight cutting i am a man that loves Cute. weight cutting um you know don't hate it embrace it it's just as much a part of the sport as, as it is for mma lol um Anywho, Viv was a 74 kg lifter previously, and to be honest, we didn't think he'd be that much of a threat coming to the 66s because he totaled like 530 at 74, which is good, but it's by no means great. The man cut down and then added like 40-something kilograms to his total, um, putting him in like the elite class of 66s. You know, he's 600 kg total is just around the corner for him. I think most impressively, like his bench, you know, hit 147.5, which no one was expecting. Normally, when people cut down weight classes, their bench and stuff falls to shit. But apparently, Viv has been doing uh, weight training since, you know, the early years of high school. So he's got a good foundation of muscle and is clearly just expressing it now. Yeah, so. That strength, rather. We definitely undersold Viv. Yeah, hard. For Auckland. But rightly so, because he pulled fucking something crazy out with that weight cut 
and the like sick gain in total so shout outs to viv for that and like honestly hopefully he can um keep progressing because he's just a stacked 66 like you look at the dude he's pretty shredded he's, he's big. very shredded and he's big and he's pretty much the build you want to be for like a 66 lifter like he's almost a poor man's charles of poco <laughs> um which is, which a, is very a very high standard yeah. yeah yeah so yeah definitely keep him out for that obviously viv will have a bit of a weight cut ahead of him personally i, I think hope he, i hope he just does the same and the, 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 the thing that i don't want to see here is him actually get smaller in training and then as a consequence yeah man you know, if it works you might feel like shit but if it works it works and just roll with it excuse me i've just eaten some um some thai anywho um it wasn't from pad thai strength uh, or at least pad thai strength's dad's restaurant shout out if you're in christchurch <laughs> um anyway i think the thing jason jason alluded to it cutting is risky at the best of times especially when you're doing you know three kilogram weight cut like from 69 or 70 even to, to 66 we've heard he might be dropping a little bit of weight in training now when there's only 10 or 11 weeks between competitions i wouldn't recommend dieting and then bulking back up uh or or, or just dieting in general and hang around at a lower weight it's a very hard ask to think your strength will recover to the level it was when you're at a higher body weight it's my personal belief that a bigger weight cut is uh, a better way to elicit good strength Especially on the platform short term like that yeah right? like if it's 10 weeks you maybe you could cut a little bit but like you don't want to cut a chunk like especially if it worked like if it fucking worked and it worked well then hey do it again some some and then like after nationals take time and recalibrate yeah. after then right but it's not the most opportune time to do this yeah um, i'm sure like i don't want to make this sound like we're telling them what to do but like these are just the thoughts that come into my mind yeah but we're interested in this because you know if the weight cut didn't go well for some reason and you know we obviously hope it goes well at least the door wide open for will who had a pretty average Auckland's by his own admission yeah. to sort of come up and you know add a few kgs to his squat his bench and deadlift and, and sneak in there yeah so obviously will was um you know kind of poised as a shot at first there you know depending on how viv went you know which was a bit of a dark horse at the time um will's had a bit of a funny training year like obviously lockdown he didn't train he had a bit of time off before that so leading into regionals it was actually kind of on the down a little bit not necessarily on the down sorry he's on the comeback to be fair he, he only weighed 65 and before yeah, nationals last year he was down. 69 so going into nationals he's looking far better and bigger it'd be bigger and it'll be poised a lot better to put more on his total i mean he still hit a squat pb on at regionals at 175 kilos so you know as always will will bench big um whether he can put up a like in you know put up a third deadlift will really determine how his total goes he struggled with that in the past but we've worked on a few things to kind of remedy that so he'll put together a good total it'll be a you know it'll be 550 plus i would imagine and um i don't know if he'll necessarily push with it but i would say it would be hard he'll be hard to catch yeah from third so sorry yeah from third he'll be very hard if he if he um just ha if he has an average to good really good day um yeah. it will yeah it'll be very hard to catch as long him. as he doesn't have to weigh in 10 minutes beforehand like he did last year's nationals well he is staying with me this time <laughs> dr weight cut if you will um so we'll be getting up at 4 a.m the morning of to make sure he's at weight so anyway moving into uh like third to seventh like i said very 
tight cluster here. Um, we've got Chung, Manuka, Theo, Ali, and Kale potentially pushing through. So, <sighs> I mean, Chung's yeah. the favourite here, right? He's got well, momentum on his side, and he weighed in really light at Auckland's, like sixty-two. Yes. Um, he's he's now benched one twenty in training. When he was at fifty-nine, his bench was around a hundred or ninety-seven and a half, right? The man is is doing pretty well. He squats big, um, a pretty reasonable deadlift on him as well. So, all those numbers that he's put there, he's already hit in training. So he'll be looking to easy put, you know, probably five to seven point five on pretty much everything, which in this, like I said at the start, in this short of a time frame, is quite significant. So he's carrying a lot of momentum. Um, Theo also definitely one to keep an eye out for. His total there at four ninety seven and a half is not indicative of his strength. He didn't have the best day at regionals. He's also put on about four, five kilos. So he'll be coming in with a lot of momentum behind him. Ali, who's barely filling out yeah, yeah. over 59, he's also got an opportunity to Yeah, to there's put a few lot guys on. putting on a bit of weight, and as, as well as that... Well, Ali's an incredible squatter. So, yeah. like, if he... So, he, I think he weighed, like, uh, I'm just going to guess, like, 62-odd, 63-odd at Auckland's, and he still scored 190 kilos. So, he could push 200. Very comfortable. I think he actually hurt himself as well. Interesting. On that day, so, and he had a bit of a rough time on bench, so it's going to be really hard to pick between the, you know, obviously Manuka's in there as well, very big bench. We're probably going to see over four people bench over 130 kilos. Yeah. Maybe even five. So that's pretty exciting. You know, it is. 66 class, you know, you might, you might watch that flight and think that's the norm because everyone's doing it, but it's definitely not. And no. you know, all of, Two, three years ago, there were no 66ers doing that. So I think um, don't take that for granted. That's a, that's some very big benching from those guys. Yeah. No, I think um, it's it's going to be good. And actually, when when I talk about momentum, a lot of these guys do have a bit of that on their side, even without inj- like taking into account injuries. When you can gain weight and grow into uh, a competition, that's always going to help. But, uh, I mean, we sort of said it before, but I'd say – Favorite to for top three, Viv, Will, Chung. You know, but that third isn't locked in. You know, if if Will doesn't do well, second is open. If Viv doesn't do so great, first is open. It's it's pretty close overall. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. Like one to watch for sure. I just think one through to three is pretty solid, and there hence my argument. Yeah, <laughs> against yeah. it being super competitive. Um, but hey, you, anything can happen, as they say. Okay, so moving crack on. on to the 63s. So, a class pretty strongly... One of the biggest classes and, and deepest classes internationally, right? And we've had some awesome lifters in, in New Zealand or from New Zealand in this class. Yeah. Um, definitely one favourite in, in yeah, here. Yeah, like I was just going to say, strongly dominated over the last two years. Yeah, yeah well, Sarah and Carly, you yeah, know. Well... Well, I mean, Sarah was best overall last year, right? Yeah. So, pretty dominated by Sarah over the last year or so. So, Sarah Menzies, one of our best lifters in New Zealand, I would say. Um, like I said just before, best overall lifter last year mm-hmm. at uh, Nationals. She's coming in at a pretty decent, as a, as a pretty strong favorite. Uh, Sarah actually competed in the 72 kilo weight class just for a bit of competition at Auckland Champs at Regionals. So she's coming back down to sixty three. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I've just realised we've we've skipped the fifty sevens. 
Let's have. carry on with the 63s, okay, we'll then jump back, back to the That's 57s. Right. Let's, let's put a mix up. Hey guys, in yeah. case you think uh, you might have skipped forward, because we, we know you're all looking for it to hear to hear your name amongst this. Do you know why? It's because I skipped it on my notes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how oh, rude. Wow. Although we talked anyway. about it for ages. We did. Um, okay, so anyway, going on with that, yeah, Sarah, very established lifter. Uh, she'll win that, no doubt about it in my mind. She, I think the squat was down a little bit in Auckland. I think she's dealing with a bit of a hip issue, but big deadlift, a big bencher, and she'll be looking to push that 100 kilo bench, which she narrowly missed at Auckland. So, yep. yes, uh, watch out for that. Uh, aside from that, a good little fight between second and third. Um Courtney Ware's probably the favourite for second there coming in um, once again from Auckland and she won the 63 kilo weight class there with uh, Sarah going up. Yep. Uh, she won it pretty comfortably in the end. She had a pretty good fight with uh, Amy Lee Owen. Yep. Yes. Um, I think those two will go out again but like I said Courtney bit, bit rough around the edges. Very, very fucking strong. I think she missed a couple of squats yeah, at Auckland. missed a couple of squats yeah. I think maybe a bench press as well perhaps but a very strong overall lifter and I would say she'd be probably poised to take that second place um, yeah provided just like put some rational attempts in there will be looking pretty good obviously Amy's pretty strong and if if Courtney you know again misses a couple of squats and misses more in the bench or something like that or I don't know it leaves the door open for, for Amy um you know, with being nominated 10 kgs down and having taken second to her in Auckland, um, she's not far off. Yeah, a lot of big benching in this class, you know, with Amy benching at, or coming in with a nominated bench of 85, Courtney 82.5, and obviously yep. Sarah at 95. It's be good watching there. Definitely. And uh, of course, like, we would be remiss to not mention Katie Lynn, who's uh, very, well, she comes with a 357.5 kilo nominated total, which is. Still, it's south that? of where she her best ever, I believe. Yeah, so still twelve and a half behind Amy, but Katie is on the comeback. Mm-hmm. She had a bit of time off. I think she did a bit of weightlifting, which sounds scary, but um, she's come back quite well, and she had it, you know, not not the best day at Auckland, so that not, that total doesn't necessarily completely suggest where she's at. Um, but she'll definitely pick up some numbers. Well, and let's throw this in there. Katie's yeah. best total is 385. Yeah. Which was done a couple of years ago, to be fair. Yeah, so that's definitely... Like, based on what she's done recently, she's nearing that. Yeah. Fight, right, what she done, 140. We didn't see anything from her bench. It was 152.5. That was very comfortable. So, yeah. Katie's definitely one you don't want um, to... Underestimate. ...sleep on. Oh, yes. Um, so... Yeah, I'm really keen to see that one, but I would, honestly, I'd probably have it, oh, I don't know, I'd probably almost go, Sarah obviously won, Courtney second, because I think she's just strong as all hell, and I might actually put Katie in for third there. The thing that that gets me, I think, Katie's historically taken some pretty reasonable attempts, and, and doesn't have a huge rate of missing. If she can get back to her old strength, with the pressure of nationals, I think she could be good for second. Hmm. Okay, all right. Well, there you go. You heard it from the man himself, Joel Lada. <laughs> okay, so shall we double back or yep. do we move on? No, let's double back. Okay, so we're going to double back here real quick to the 57s because I just went straight past them. Apologies to all my 57 lifters. Um, so, yeah, pretty uh, 
Alright, what's up guys? We are back from technical difficulties. Apologies for uh, that. I don't know really where to kick this off, but we had a bit of a, a, a glitch in the matrix, if you will. Yep. And um, We're our, not employed to be technicians. Yeah, our audio shit the bed, so hopefully that doesn't uh, happen again. We'll be keeping a closer eye on that. Um, Alright. So anyway, we were headed towards doubling back and talking about the 57 kilo females. So... Joel, 57 kilo females, heavily uh, dominated by one person. Yeah. Can you speak on said person? I think it's fair that um, to say that Evie Corrigan is, is probably going to win this weight class fairly comfortably. Looking pretty strong in training. You know, her 435, sorry, 430 kg nominated total isn't representative of, of her, her best. She was going to be competing in Sheffield this March, but obviously um, a global pandemic cancelled that said you know fuck she, off no way yeah and instead she came oh, and maxed out at north shore barbell um and it's fair to say she probably would have been good for probably a total around 455 460 mm. based on her training now she's probably looking for something even greater than that uh around you know 460 to 470 somewhere in there i would say you know taking a 165 kg squat easily 190 sorry 91 bench and a 190 deadlift uh three weeks out yeah i'd say uh definitely one to watch for uh yeah this feels a little bit <laughs> disingenuous but because we were just we did, before we did we did do 10 <laughs> to 15 of minutes of talking before lack of enthusiasm but look but anyway, i think we're back and we're in okay so we'll, we'll quash that i won't speak on it again um so i don't know i reckon she's going to be good for at least Oh, close to 170, 75. So I'd, I'd expect to be over 170, close to 95 on the bench. And I expect her to push 200. I think that'll be a big goal that she wants to tick off. Whether that's there or not, obviously we'll see. She's pulled, I think, I think 195 in the gym. So it's definitely on the cards. And, mm-hmm. you know, the total should get her within the top five. Maybe in the world. Three yeah. in the world, which R- would be Regardless pretty of age awesome. class. Uh you know, like we kind of alluded to before, she'll be pushing or being pushed by Megan Lee Smith uh, for best overall, but we'll talk about that towards the end a little bit more. But um, definitely one that you want to watch on the um, the Thursday morning there because um, if you want to see a, a young lady pull over 200 kilos or 200 kilos at under 57 kilos body weight, Make she's sure the watching. one you want to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, so also in that 57 kilo weight class, we have Holly Jenkins coming through um, from Wellington and Central. Uh, Holly is coached by, I believe, Jeremy Fraser, Fraser from uh, Hobart, former NZPF lifter. Uh, so Holly will be coming with a big nominated squat at 135 kilos and deadlift at 155. Legs a little bit on the bench, but yeah. she'll probably be a shoe in there for second She's place. She's definitely one of the best there in the uh, the Wellington region from when we wrapped that one up and. Uh yeah, no, she'll, she'll be looking to put together a pretty good total. Like, 350 is awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, Holiday will be definitely one you want to keep an eye out for also. So That's it. Yeah, good flight overall. There's a lot of strong ladies in there. But look for Evie to take that one out very comfortably. Um, okay, so moving on towards the 74s. 74 lifters. So The CK again, class. Yeah, once again, uh, a pretty significant front runner there in... Um, chris kennedy so i think this is this is probably the largest margin here between first and, and second yeah so it, i mean class. if you don't know who chris kennedy is you've probably been living under a rock or you just generally haven't been powerlifting for a while yeah um 
if you're unawares, he's coming in from regionals with a nominated squat of 275 kilos, 180 kilo nominated bench, and a 300 kilo deadlift for a total of 755, which I think puts him at fourth all time in the under 74 division, which is pretty fucking ridiculous considering Chris has been powerlifting for all of uh, two or three years. Yeah. Um, so ridiculous numbers. Uh, I would say into this meet undoubtedly he will be top three second second probably best yeah. ever total in the 74s currently fourth best ever total yeah so he, i think is i think like between second and fourth it's two and a half kilos him and um austin perkins so the other <coughs> talking point i guess there is with chris is like as once again if you haven't if you don't know who taylor atwood is you've been living under a rock uh it's really a case of like can chris push taylor which I believe he can. Maybe not yet. I think this will be a step in that direction. Uh, we obviously are seeing Taylor also push pretty good numbers at the moment. Yeah, so Taylor's looking exceptional. It's hard to say. I think he's actually due to compete. In a the week after us. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that will be kind of the, um, the one of the things the powerlifting world will be keeping an eye on in regards to Chris. So, the the numbers that I've just mentioned there were pretty sub maximal. Yeah. The all of his lifts were, were pretty sub maximal across the whole. I would say his training was probably looking better then than it is now. But it is a good amount of time between now and nationals, so he's got plenty of time to kind of ramp it back up and um I would still be backing him to add at least twenty odd kilos to his total. Maybe maybe a little bit less, but He'd be pushing 770 in my mind. Yeah. No, I, I sort of tend to agree. It's just a question now of how much more can he gain. Like, he's got a huge amount of momentum behind him, and we want to see if he can get up to near Taylor and, and then eventually compete head-to-head uh, -head with him. He competed against him in Sweden, but, you know, Chris now is very different to Chris then. Yeah, and, and, and like Chris has got, you know, good coach and Kedrick Kwan behind him, and he'll be doing everything he can to get him prepared for this I'm, I'm sure Chris will be you know with obviously like you know Chris is a, like let's be let's be honest Chris is an international level lifter it's not much for him to win the 74s at nationals but with international lifting being pretty much cancelled for the year I'm sure he'll be heavily targeting this meet unlike regionals which I don't think was all that uh, like much of a push towards so hopefully he sends it as the kids say yeah hard because that would be fucking sick. Exactly. I'd love to see him grind out a 290 kilo squat for like 48 seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we'd all like to see that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that would be cool. Um, outside of that, it uh, looks like Hamish McAllis is pretty much locked in for second, and we should have another good scrap between Gary and Bala um, from GS. Place for GS. They had yeah. brought it out pretty strongly at um, regional, so expect to see the same here. Okay, so... The 72s. Moving on to the 72s. <coughs> a two-horse race. Yeah, so... Talk us through this one, Joel. So, 72s has always been a really deep class, and internationally it is by far the deepest class in the IPF. This year, however, and I guess similar to last year, we do have two people that are clearly the favourite, with a few notable omissions. You know, Jenny Dewar has gone up to the 84kg class, Nicole Smith... Uh, isn't competing due to work uh, and Alyssa Joy Spence is, is injured so we're not going to have a really really hotly contested um, podium like we'd have hoped um, but it's still going to be 
pretty awesome to watch. So, the two people at the top, Casey O'Malley, obviously you coach her, Jason, yep. with a 455 kg nominated total, and Hema Gavind, who we haven't seen compete this year. I think she was injured around Canterbury, so had a uh, dispensation. Both from what we can tell are looking awesome both have you know hit the 100 kg bench milestone in training casey a little bit easier hema has a monster squat and can grind like nobody's business she's hit 177 uh in training december last year albeit a little bit above the weight class um as alluded to by her her instagram posts casey is by far the the better deadlifter but you know we've we've seen hema recently in training hit a 185 for triple um which would lead us to believe she can hit you know around 200 so i think by our calculations mm. it's looking pretty close yeah i uh i think this is the one to watch like we like our battles i think joel said before you know it is a sport at the end of the day and we like to you know have these hotly contested sort of battles this is probably the one most contested battle at the top yeah actually probably out of everything isn't it or maybe apart from like the 93 juniors um so like actually battle for first place not like second or third or podium or whatever the fuck um so yeah i think out of everything like i'd probably eye this one up in terms of watching if you want to watch a battle this is the one you want to watch definitely it, it's, it's obviously like really hard to tell where him is at just obviously because she hasn't competed in a year and you know she rarely posts shit on instagram so it's very hard to say casey is strong as all hell and she's only getting stronger her 455 from regionals was very submaximal so yeah i don't know it's gonna be anyone's guess it'll be fucking awesome yeah just uh you know when it comes 6 p.m on thursday 8th of october switch on the live stream because you want to see those third deadlifts going down because there's going to be some jostling for position there definitely um so yeah and like joel kind of said it could have been even better if we had the likes of nicole smith and uh, alicia joy spence in the mix so unfortunately those two can't make it but uh, it's still going to be an awesome flight and we should have a good scrap there for third as well um between lungy um amanda and anna um you know lungy's strong as all hell um, just a little bit rough around the edges. Amanda's really coming into her own this year, and um, Anna has been around a little bit. And I know she's good been taking, experience. Yeah, she's got a lot of experience. She's been taking training pretty easy, but she'll still put up a fight on the day, undoubtedly. So that will be cool, also. So yeah, uh, always really good one to watch. Seventy twos. Expect this session to be no different. Okay. Um, so where are we, we at? The eighty threes. Okay, so the eighty threes. Ooh. I know someone lifting in that flight. Okay, so once again, pretty heavy a clear front, front runner. Yeah, and I, that's yeah. kind of the story this year, I think, in a lot of divisions. But yeah. that's fine. And it's not just for the people that are super elite, right? New Zealand has a, a bunch of awesome lifters, but there are a few people that are a tear above the rest. And Tim Monagatti, who is seated first in the 83s with an 800 kilogram nominated total which is Bonkers. a mind-boggling total. Um, you know, he's he's clearly ahead, but realistically, he's not competing against the other 83s. He doesn't care about second or third or whatever. He just wants to take out best overall. He especially doesn't care about third. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, Tim obviously put up a 
unreasonable total of 800 kilos at um at regionals with the with the second miss second bench mind you so i think there's more there on the bench for sure yeah um i think it was the third or the fourth ever 800 kilo total in uh ipf history it was uh yeah and he's he at, did it before noriega yes he he uh no he didn't sean noriega did it last year that aside, oh, it is the bad. fifth best total in the 83s ever. Um, you know, and... With the, with the second bench, that just went a little awry. Yes, actually, sorry, it's fourth equal because his total was the same as Sean Noriega's from last year. Sean famously totaled 825 this year, oh, yeah. but was uh, disqualified. But let's not talk about him. <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, I think uh, definitely... A, another one to watch out for. He'll be putting his hat in the... Uh, what was I saying? Throwing his hat in the Throwing ring. Hat in the ring. Take a shot. Fucking Christ, how did I forget that again? It's, um, been, it's been a long time, yeah, Jason, sorry. due to this re-recording. Yeah. Anywho, Tim, 800, pulled a monster 327.5, his third deadlift at, uh, at the um, Waikato Provincial Champs. Uh, you know, his squat and deadlift and competition are actually ahead of that of brett gibbs although brett obviously has a, a massive bench so brett's not competing he's out with uh getting surgery based on his his latest instagram post um but you know tim's looking to close the gap between him and brett who is you know one of the best lifters in the world regardless of weight class yeah and he'll be looking to uh he'll be looking to push chris for best of all and he'll have the the last say in that so yep. watch him 110% go for it on his third deadlift. Yep. No doubt. <laughs> Whatever mind. it is. Unless it's something absolutely absurd, which it... He'll it, probably still yeah, try. He'd still probably have a crack <laughs> here, So, Tim's one to watch there and um, just watch an awe of him. Especially yep. the squat. The squat is probably the most impressive thing in my mind. 300 kilo squat should never be looked past because that's fucking... Nah. Um, outside of that, like... <laughs> You know, we, we talk about Tim, but there's still Alex Sun there with a ridiculous 700 kilo total. Which is still Which is sick. still fucking awesome, um, which should not be uh, looked past because, uh, yeah, I mean, Alex is relatively new to the sport as well, and um, I think he's still been weighing pretty light for the most part. Um, for a tall dude, he does not weigh lots. Yeah, so 100% like another one to watch out for in that class, and I would expect him to surpass that 700 kilo total, and I know for a fact he'll be looking to push past that 300 kilo deadlift that he put up at regionals, Yeah, and uh, I think we all know that he's capable of more than that. But um, Man, he's hard to call though, eh? Like yes. with with regard to his numbers, it could be it could be anything based on his his, his training. Like this dude just lifts hard. Yeah, I mean he just pushes he it. He goes hard and he pushes himself to the limit. Like yeah. he doesn't always hang within the rules of competition, but I feel like that's just kind of his jam. He just rolls with it. Yeah, and um, as a consequence, he gets strong as fuck. So I think he'll go in, he'll have fun, and he'll definitely put some some kilos on his total because. Yep. Uh, yeah, like I, like I kind of said, that 700 kilo total is not really indicative of his capabilities. No. Um, so that'll be definitely one to watch. Uh, you know, just as a, like a, an aside comparison, kind of watching the comparison between him and Mahaki would be a good one. It's uh, a pretty Mahaki's not doing opens, but he does want to take best overall yeah, junior, there's, right? there's reason behind that. Um, so yeah, that'll be good. Aside from that, third place should have a good little scrap there like between probably joel my yo co-host unfortunately and um 
I guess Young Gun Campbell? Jamie Campbell. Newcomer? Is this his first Nationals? Yes, this yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Campbell. pretty light, and to be honest, I'm scared. So Jamie is coached as of late by John Strachan, if I'm not mistaken. Straight down with himself. does a little bit of his own coaching on the side. Um, nice. Dunner's resident. Uh, he's been putting up some good numbers. I think like that 232, 150, 260 from regionals. Once again, not like super indicative of his capabilities. I think he squatted 240 in training, and I think just the other day he benched 155 on comp gear down at oh. Valley Strength and Conditioning in Dun- Dunedin, um, where they've actually been hosting kind of all the southern guys and letting yeah. them get on the rack, which is fucking awesome. That so is. Shout out to them. Um, so he'll be definitely looking to push Joel at really another case of like joel finding himself as the probably weaker lifter but more polished lifter don't count out the weaker lifters my guys <laughs> um because experience matters experience is one not one me got me second or third in many competitions the question is can you pull out another grind on your squat look yes is the answer i got some weight to gain it look you fair your squat was actually pretty good the other day the way i look at it with these young guys is as i referred to us earlier lifetime intermediates how yeah. long can we hold them when off? I know they're coming I'll hold them off one more time yeah. and then they can beat me from that point onwards after that we're done That's I'm fine. not gonna act like I'm an awesome lifter I'm just fine but just do you know it. what they can beat me on the platform all they want but I will destroy them tear them limb from limb in a boat race that's the fucking biggest call out I've ever heard. I took. Who was it? Pulled. Me or you that took Alex out last year? It was me. Yeah. But Alex just spilled all over himself. But we'll get to that controversy later on. Um. Okay. So yeah, I like. I've got that. Oh, I can't call third. It's too close to home. But I, I wouldn't even bet on myself to be honest. All right, Jamie Campbell third. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We have another nice fight with John. Yeah. Hard after, after regionals. But yeah, Jamie's got the momentum behind him. Joel with the experience. We'll see how that comes. I'm just keen to out. have fun. But I am 110% keen to see Tim and Alex throw down some big weights, so watch out for them. That'll be fun as all hell. That's it. All right. Uh, okay, on to so the 84s. Moving on to the 84s. Probably... Surprise, well, I don't want to say surprisingly good, but I, I think um, there's a, there's a bit, quite a bit in the top end there, and you know between Amber Russell, Jenny Jewa, and Stacey Johnson, it's going to be quite interesting to see what happens. I think... The thing that really separates these three, though, is, is Amber's bench. Yeah. So, a bit of a story here. Amber and Stacy went very close toe-to-toe last year in the 84. Um, from, well, I should say since then, Amber's obviously had a little bit more time under the bar. She was very new to the sport at that time. I think it was still like her first year, maybe on her second year. Um and then Stacey's since had a bit of time off. Uh, so in that time, Amber's put a lot on her total. I think, oh, I don't know, a decent amount. Um, let's have a look, eh? Click on that. Oh. Sorry for the uh, interruption. Yeah, since since uh, Nationals last year, is 37.5 kilos. So yeah, Quite huge. a big gain. In, I mean, like, you know, kind of to be expected when you're relatively new to the sport. Um, but also... Jenny Jewel in the mix, like we mentioned before, going up a weight up class, seventy-two kilo class. So Can't counter out. Yeah, whenever you, you know, whenever you're rolling up a weight class, uh, there's always a lot of momentum to be to be gained. And I know, like obviously, I coach Jen, and uh, she is uh, got a lot of momentum behind her. Um, you know, she probably won't admit that, but her squat is coming together really nicely, and um, you know, she's always been a big deadlifter. So, 
yeah, hard to pick. I would be putting Amber at one, uh, just because, like Joel said, she has a redonkulous bench at 115, which she's already, I think she already hit 112 in training. I should know that, but <laughs> forgive you me. You have a lot of clients. Yeah, it's a lot of numbers to remember, and I'm not very good with numbers, but... Um, well, yeah, that's that's helpful say, as a coach. Yeah, <laughs> right, that's why I have spreadsheets. Um, but yeah, expect Amber to probably take that out pretty comfortably. And I, I, what I would say would be actually a pretty fucking good scrap between Stacy and Jen, because uh, like Stacy put together a pretty good performance at regionals, mm-hmm. although I think she had quite a significant She's time coming back off. Still, yeah. yeah, so like. That being said, you know, they've both got a bit of momentum behind them. So it'll be a really interesting one and um, definitely one I'm, I'm keen to see. I think Jen will probably have the last say with her deadlift. So, yeah, I mean, well, that's pretty close, actually. Yeah, it's going to be good. I, I, they're actually coming in with the same nominated total. Yeah. It's, Has uh, Stacey done that total? I believe that's from last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. But, yeah, anyway, that'll be good. So expect the top three to stay as it is with Amber at one and then some jostling between two and three there. Yeah. Sick. Yeah, that'll be good. On to the 93s. Okay, wow. This one's... Uh, can we say... This one's pretty close to home, yeah? Can, can, we, yeah, can we talk about this class without mentioning a certain someone? Um, a man who likes Star Wars you? and drum and bass? <laughs> <laughs> um so no we can't i don't think <laughs> so nominated one through five Look, i'll say i said it this last year and i'm gonna say it again jamie's just gonna win yeah well <laughs> i would be surprised if he there's th- we, we can't beat around the bush here jamie will win his ninth or tenth or eighth national title one through to five we have jamie king warren roth lee mcleod jordan clout and parenton Vanekomala. Yeah. We were talking about this one before, and the nominations aren't necessarily indicative of what we think is going to happen all the way two through five. So, yeah. Warren, during the last Auckland lockdown three weeks, had. Well, well let's just double back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, year, okay. Back at yes. Um, he, he was a 105 and a strong 105, but. Third he, place last year. Yeah, but he hasn't really lost any strength coming down to uh, the 93s. Um, I mean, he is like 5'5". Five, five. <laughs> Probably <laughs> so, where he belongs. Yeah, yeah. About uh, time. Got lucky that I didn't quite beat him at Auckland's, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, so, like, the way I see this, Jamie will win. Can't think we'll talk about his performance in a second. But we actually have a probably closer than it looks two to, f- two to four. Yeah. So Warren's coming in at 750. Uh, he had a pretty... I don't want to say hard 750, but like it was top end-ish 750. Maybe the bench was a little bit easier. Um, I know he hurt his quad on his squat, so he still managed to pull 320. It's a question of whether he actually hurt himself, but he does complain a little bit. Um, but anyway, <laughs> the, 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 the 750 was good. I think he'll add more, but the, probably the story here in my mind would be Lee coming up from coming up in body weight and definitely coming up from the 700 total that he's nominated yeah. because his training would uh, suggest that that is laughable in comparison Look, to probably what he'll put up. Leaf has famously weighed well under the weight class. At Auckland's he was 87 and a half and he's now weighing, as of yesterday, about three kgs north of that. 
and you know food equals momentum especially for people that are tall for their weight class yeah um so i think you know the interesting thing is warren didn't have access to training equipment or proper training equipment for a few weeks although he did come out you know from lockdown and hit a 170 bench which is which is pretty awesome but you know lee with a few weeks out has hit a 255 squat pretty easy a 175 bench pretty easily as well and 280 deadlift um all of which are either over his current comp pbs or um very close to so yeah i would i would be predicting that he'll go close to 750 yeah you know it might those will be top end and that's a pretty big jump but i don't know i think it's there at the moment he gets like lee tends to get these really fucking crazy like periods of high momentum and he's just in one of those at the moment mm-hmm. i think it's probably correlative of fucking weight gain but <laughs> yeah and, and not partying <laughs> too hard yeah and not pissing up too much but we shouldn't forget that jordan clout is definitely in the mix as well like the big deadlift 297 and a half kilo deadlift uh jordan totaled 700 at uh, wellington's regionals he mm-hmm. um you know, he's probably capable of close to that at last year's Nationals, but he just didn't quite have the day that he's probably yeah, not capable. on deadlifts, I think it was. Yeah, he got... I think he missed two deads or something like that. And <clears throat> from memory, actually, his his uh, his performance at Wellington Wellington's Regionals was actually quite sub-maximal. I remember him taking quite small jumps in the squat. I feel like he had a... Well, actually, I think it was the bench. He had a bad first bench, and then he kind of had to make up from it from there. Um, so I would expect him, like I've got the inside word that he actually totaled a very comfortable 700 in training, I think as of last week. So who knows whether he's got that kind of progression that Lee has, but you definitely wouldn't want to be counting him out. And likewise with P, Parentorn, uh, he's got a shitload of momentum behind him at the moment and um, he's been putting up some really good numbers and he'll no doubt be looking to push that 700 kilo mark, which I know he's been chasing for for a while. So... All those guys, like, what's that? Is that five people potentially pushing 700? Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and that's that's definitely a first here and should hopefully lead on to yeah, bigger and better things in the future. Three last year. You know, notable omissions, of course, from Geordie Kane, who's well capable of pushing... Competing. Seven. <laughs> and, well and, capable and, of competing. And, seven, but he could be pushing 740, 750. Yeah. Uh, and, um, of course... Um, Rob Andrew, Andrew Rob. New Zealand's strongest tradesperson. Hey, Rob. He's not listening, mate. He's done with us. Yeah, I know. Um, So, like, without those two in the mix, you could have another two two lifters totaling over 700. So, and then me, because I'd probably be 740-ish. But, um, yeah, so, like, a very strong class. Um, I must mention, just because he has been training here, and I definitely want him to stay in the sport, one to watch out for would be Marius Tanau from um, from Auckland, who's just kind of new to the sport, and um, he's been making a few waves. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, like he he's sort he's definitely the dark horse in this this top flight. He did really well at Auckland's, but we sort of see his training. He, he doesn't push it too hard. He doesn't overextend himself. Very smart. Um, and takes pretty reasonable attempt selection uh, in competition as well, from what we could tell, especially given it was his first comp. So. Everything we've seen in his training has led us to believe that he'll uh, he'll definitely climb the rankings somewhat. And we would definitely be remiss to forget Simon Kelsall. Yeah, who yeah. has he's a masters two. What's he done? He has what he's comp- 
I, 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 oh, he's thrown his hat in the ring. Sorry, Jason's gesturing at me. Um, we should definitely stream this next time. Anyway, um, thrown his hat in the ring with the open lifters. Simon, a man of 50 years. Um, you know, he, he, he doesn't shy away from competition. And I don't know whether it's, you know, his own motivation or the fact that a few younger lads gave him a bit of shit over the last couple of years. Um, he's just decided to lift with the opens and, and good on him, man. Like he's, he's his lifting is... And he should too. Yeah. Look at his total. He's strong. He's he's still getting stronger. Um, although I'm not sure how many like big weight cuts he's got got in him. <laughs> he definitely likes to push the boat out on that. You only have so many weight cuts in you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's cool to see him uh, lifting with with the uh, the opens there, and um, you know he'd easily, well maybe not easily. He'd do very well in the Masters too. But oh, he'd win it, you know, it? it's it's. It's man, it's just fun lifting against other people and having a having a tight race. Yeah, so shout outs to Simon. Yeah. Also to note like there's eighteen in this fight, which is pretty pretty awesome. I actually think we had more last year. I think we had twenty four or something. So a little bit down on numbers on the the ninety threes, but um yeah, to obviously be fair, still the most stacked class. So regionally we've had heaps though, and it might just be a case of people that are a bit further down the chain just deciding not to compete. Yeah. So uh we almost didn't mention it. <laughs> But we do have our front runner, in which we should mention. So, oh yeah, Jamie, Jamie King. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, Jamie is out in front quite significantly with seven eighty three and a half kilo total. I think this will be what number championship? Oh, some ridiculous. Man. He's he's won you know seventy fours in the past, eighty threes and ninety threes. So obviously, well seasoned lifter. Jamie will be looking to actually push a, a bit past that total purely because of the, his bench has come up quite a lot and the 162.5 nominated there was uh, after a bit of um, uh, let's say hip issues on the um, keeping on the bench and at regional so look to see Jamie push past probably 800 kilos so that would be um, definitely a goal that he'd be looking to take it's off something there he's been wanting to smash for a while yeah and I think he's well capable of it um yeah, I, I would be thinking around a, a three. We might be seeing around a three hundred and thirty kilo deadlift there, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, and probably second biggest of the meet, perhaps, unless Tim throws down something ridiculous, yeah. which is highly possible. Definitely. Yeah. Um, as two engineers, uh, Tim and Jamie are quite closely Tim's aligned. Not an engineer. He is of some sort, isn't he? Oh, same difference, man. No data science. Or it, it involves. Computers. Oh, yeah, no, that's right. I commonly think that Tim is a software engineer. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, Jamie looking to, to hit that 800 for the first time and um, hopefully not get called for his butt coming up off the bench this time. Jamie, sort it out. Yeah, yeah, please. All right, let's move on. Let's the 84 pluses. In the trunk. Yes. Jamie, get some more junk in the trunk, please. Yes. So uh, take us through this 84 plus, Joel, because I know you've been following this yeah, one so a little bit. I think this one is, um, is this is going to be an awesome class. Um, from memory, it could have been a bit better. Had some of there's a few people that just haven't entered in nationals and whatnot. But anyway, we have a, a pretty tight race for the podium there, or sorry, within the top three. Jana Hayes, who she didn't compete at Canterbury's because I believe she was injured and also on the committee helping out. Uh, Mallory there with um, a 222.5 kg nominated deadlift, although I think her best in comp is 220. And Amy Christensen um, ranked third now. We don't know what Jana's up to. 
Mallory's numbers are definitely over what she actually has hit. So Amy is the front runner based on 2020 results alone. I'm quite interested to see where this, what this comes down to. And, you know, if I were to bet on it, I would say that although Mallory has the biggest deadlift, the thing that's going to separate them all is, is Jana's uh, bench press of 112 and a half. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Jana's benched more than that, hasn't she? Yeah, possibly. At Bench Worlds, maybe? I I think she'll come through and win this. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, she won last year. Obviously, Mallory has an absurd deadlift, and I think she pulled, I think, 235 in a, a strongman comp recently. Yeah. Um, so, like, by all means, don't look past that. But once again, I, I might have to lean on experience here and... Um, Mallory's a bit down on the, on the on the bench with the seventy-five kilo nominated bench, so yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, and it'll be a nice way to round out the women's classes. Yeah, you never know; she might be playing it, you know, just waiting to, to pounce with that deadlift and whatnot. She took a run at, I believe it was two thirty at Wellington and Central Champs, um, and had a fairly near miss. Like she's good for something massive, so if she's in the position to pull for the win. Um, what better way to do so than a five hundred pound or so? Uh, yeah, did. that'd be pretty awesome. What's the record? Like 240? From 240 Teresa? from Teresa Samanu, yeah. Who, at present, is New Zealand's top-ranked lifter since the weight class has changed. Female lifter. Female lifter, sorry. Came second at Worlds in 2018. Unreasonably strong. Okay, yep. so let's move on to the 105 kilo males. So, I'm going to put my argument for as to why this is more competitive than the 66s. <laughs> yep. So... Firstly, first place, I would say pretty secure. Yeah. Barring, you know, something bad happening. Uh, last year's champion, uh, Maui Kupu, Korpu, I don't know. Um, last year, there was a really good contest in the 105s. That was probably the, the contest of the competition, I would yeah, say. Yeah, it was. Uh, for sure. Between Maui, Sean, and Warren, who we mentioned earlier in the 93s. Uh, so... I think this year Maui's just kind of taken it to the next level. Um, I guess we don't have Sean in the mix. Uh, Warren's gone down, but I think with Maui's progression, he's he's a pretty clear front runner here. Um, nominated at 40 kilos above second and third. So I think what we'll be looking here once again, similar to Jamie, probably look to see Maui push close to that 800 kilo mark. I know he left some in the tank on the bench. Um, his nominated bench comes through at 185 and a half, but I think he, he once he, he also actually got done for his ass coming up, like Jamie. Um, obviously, they were doing it tough down there at yep. regionals. So, look to see more on the bench and um, probably the squat and deadlift also. Like he, he he will always show up on those lifts on the day and make them move better than they do in training. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a, an interesting one for Maui, and I know his training's been going pretty well. So. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to see what goes down there. It's just really a case of who can score the better good lift points, Maui or Mahaki. I know Mahaki got the one over him at um, regionals, but um, yeah, I mean brothers Korpu. <laughs> I think that um, Mahaki's definitely got the advantage there. Um, you know, every every time these guys go go head to head as brothers, it's it's pretty close. Hard to really call it though, because. Um, different weight classes they'll never have a truly head-to-head competition <laughs> yeah yeah well unless we can convince Mahaki to go up to 105 yeah <laughs> or Maui to cut down <laughs> but the uh, the fight here really comes in 
second and third. Yeah, for sure. With second and third, so we have Angus Mackay and Wade Phillips, um, both with a nominated total of seven hundred and forty-seven and a half kilos, in quite different fashion as well. Apart from the squat, they both come in with a two hundred and eighty kilo squat. Wade with the one seventy-seven bench and two ninety deadlift, whilst Angus comes through with the one fifty-five bench and yep. three twelve deadlift. So, needless to say, it's going to be close. Angus will have the last look which yep. is always an advantage. And I know that's a cliche as fuck thing to say in powerlifting, but it's the truth. Um, I think Wade's performance at, well, with the 747.5 uh, is not quite indicative of his capabilities. And I had a full send at 300 on this last deadlift and his training's been looking pretty good since then. So I would expect him to definitely progress. I would probably say the same for Angus. Uh, Angus's 312 was nearing max but his squat was quite good and quite comfortable i think he missed a third bench from memory yeah um but i would expect him to actually probably start getting that close that that squat close to that 290 mark so yeah i don't know it's hard to call me i don't know i think if wade's got momentum on his side and he's he's not cutting too much the bench delta mm. is gonna what will uh, gonna be what gets him the win yeah i mean if they can hang together on the squat or close to it, that'll really kind of set this up as a pretty awesome yep. uh, flight. You know, if we have like, let's say 290, 290, 305 from Maui, you know, uh, sorry, Angus, Wade and Maui, mm-hmm. that would be pretty fucking cool. Yeah. That would be awesome. And then probably a, a few notable mentions there as well with Alex McCallum, who's uh, pretty new to it and, and coming through hotly. Um, yeah watch out for him in the warm-up room and um probably a uh, bit of a dark horse leo Zhu uh from auckland also had a a very interesting auckland's like he hadn't trained a whole lot yeah um, and he blew up like a i think we were looking at it before was it like a uh, 80 something kilo yeah 80 kilo pb total definitely he, he wasn't happy about going up to the 105s like he said he'd eaten up or <laughs> he needs to cut down yeah. he said to us but um he he demolished his squat and bench he at Auckland. He capable of squatting to... 272, 275. 280. Yeah. And, like, close to 200 on bench. Um, he's a little bit set back by the deadlift, but... Yeah, I just just watch him in those two disciplines and you'll know what we're talking about. Because it's uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, a lot of good lifters in this flight, too. So, it'll be a good one to watch, for sure. Uh, okay, now moving into the 120s and 120 pluses. Not so. as many people in here as we'd like, to be honest. Like, I think in p- previous years there have been a, a, a few. Um, you know, it would be wrong of us to say that a few larger guys haven't gone to world powerlifting. Look, NZPF is definitely by far more competitive overall, except Whoa, in the one, 120s. 120s come to an NZPF comp and let's make New Zealand powerlifting great again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we would be forgetful to not to not mention, obviously, like how affected the, these two classes have been by the split. Uh, I think... I think it's safe to say that they're the only classes affected by it. The reason... Yeah, oh, there are a few women's ones. Yeah, and, and sorry, women's women's classes, but in terms of men's... Yeah, definitely. So, I think... There's definitely a few lifters in there, like the likes of Joe Whitaker, Stanley Cocker. Yep. Like, just absolutely massive lifters that we'd love to have competing. But, you know, can't cry about... No, and I think I think 
it, our NZPF will come sort of back to normal and you know within our classes we have some wicked competition it would just be nice to see it padded out again yeah and, 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 and I think it's important that we actually mention those guys because they are the strongest in their classes in yep. New Zealand so they deserve the credit but that aside <laughs> we can go off what we've got here so in the 120 class we have a pretty good podium battle um between Ben Scott, Alan Postlewaite, and Alex Hood. So Damn straight. Joel, do you want to give him some kudos? Who? Oh, <laughs> um, one man him. here has thrown his hat in the <laughs> ring with uh, some open lifters. So Alex Hood, uh, a wee junior. He's not so wee, though, um, from, from Canterbury, uh, throwing his hat in the ring with the opens. Um, and, you know, Alex has momentum on his side. He's come a long way in a very short amount of time, and... I think the um, older guys definitely have something to worry about with him. Yeah, so, I've yeah, I've got some thoughts on this one. So, I coach Ben and Alex, and I feel like I know Alan reasonably well. Well, he's been around, like, since we kind of have. Yeah. Um, so, here's, here's the situation here. We have Ben Scott, who is a bit of a journeyman at this stage, albeit he's only probably, like, how old is he, like, 26? He's probably, is he younger than you? You know what a journeyman means, right? A person oh, that yeah. gets repeatedly yeah, beaten so by other people. Wrong, 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 wrong term. <laughs> he's, uh, he's been around for yeah, a he's, while. Yeah, he's a stalwart, a stalwart of um, that, CPA. Yeah, sorry, Benny. He won't listen to this. <laughs> yeah, right? Ben the journeyman, Scott. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, he's still pretty young, but he's been lifting for a long time. And, I remember uh, training at Snap Fitness years ago and seeing Ben and his mates from St. Bede's College training there doing palacing. I was like, I'm never going to get big doing that when <laughs> I was when like, I was doing my peak flies. <laughs> yeah, hard. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Ben, coming in a little bit injured, probably not a hundy, um, a little bit down maybe from where he was last year. I don't think that... <coughs> I think he'll probably progress from where he came up from what he put up last year yeah but yeah not 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 a hundred percent so expect those numbers there to be not too far off i'd say the deadlift might be a little bit low um but not to be too far off what he's capable of um but once again a lot of experience behind him um alan a brutally strong country boy from um up in uh where is he he's up the coast day yeah so uh often is injured by way of um cattle kicking him or something he's always got yeah. some, some random injury from working out on the farm um but yeah extremely strong just really unpolished and he does struggle to string together a performance that he's capable of like from memory like so we've got alan coming in at 270 167 280 i think he's actually done about 280 190 and like 320 in the gym but we've never seen anything close to that on 320 yeah yeah holy yeah so i would love to see that i i alan's the man i think he's awesome i think he's definitely capable of it it's just something generally tends to get in the way so i don't know like i know he's ranked second but i want to say dark horse just because of that sort of like it could have he could come in in total 800 yeah you know what i mean like I, i i i'll be honest i don't see it happening but it's a possibility so He's just one you're like, who knows what Alan's going to do today. And That's you how just, he goes, eh? Yeah, exactly. if, he, if he has a bad day, the door's wide open for Alex. So, yeah, so you've got Alan, who's a little bit turbulent in his performances, and then you've got young Hood, young Alex Hood, coming through with a shitload of momentum off the back of a really good regionals performance, nine for nine, like plenty in the tank on everything. And um, I think he's only 19 years old. So 
yeah, uh, he'll put up a lot more than that 705 suggests. Uh, look for him to push close to, oh, geez, 275 odd, 60 something, 160 something, and even close to 300 on the deadlift. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. Benny's uh, bench probably saves him a little bit, and he's yeah. been really actually polishing that up quite nicely as of late. So, yeah, those three will go at it, and it'll be um, a good fight. On to the 120 pluses. Not really much to say here. Seb McLaren missed the 900. New Zealand's biggest ever deadlift. Sorry, I'm probably going to annoy some people. Drug tested deadlift uh, on a stiff bar. Who's the. Oh, Colm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, Seb totaled 900 last year at Nationals. Had some issues with his hip or something um, since then. He did max out at the would-be New Zealand Invitational and um, did, from memory, quite good in, in the gym there. He didn't have quite as strong of a deadlift at that point as he had last year. We don't really know too much about his training at the moment. He hasn't been squatting extremely heavy, so it's fair to assume that that will be a little bit south of where it has been. Bench has been looking good and he's made some improvements there. Um, the thing everyone is really interested in knowing is how close can he creep to 400 kgs on the deadlift. Like, I, uh, he has one of the best deadlifts in the IPF, regardless. Like, doesn't matter what year you're talking about, 380 is huge. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit hard to tell with, the Seb, it's, well, with Seb at the moment, just because of the fact that, obviously, he has been a bit injured, and <laughs> you know, I don't think you just, you don't just come back to a 380-kilo no. deadlift, right? So, I don't know, I wouldn't expect to see anything crazy. I think I saw him pulling 330-odd for reps the other day, so it's pretty encouraging. Yeah. Um, it might be close, but uh, like we're not gonna. I, I think we could pretty comfortably say we're not gonna be seeing four hundred. Um, you know, shit. Sometimes crazy things happen, but um, yeah, I, I I think it'll he'll still undoubtedly put up the biggest deadlift of the comp by quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe a little bit down on where he has been in the past. I expect the bench and the squat to probably. Oh, the bench definitely. I don't know how the hips kind of holding up in the squat. No, no, he just hates squatting, so. Um, I mean, he's known for his deadlift. What, what's that whole thing? People say, if you're not good at something, just work on what you don't like or what you're not good at. No, just like if you're really good at something, just make that even better. Just keep getting Powerlifting better. is the ultimate sport to be really good at one thing. Yeah, and then you can get away with it. Yeah, except if you're like trying to be the best in yeah, the world. Then, maybe, then you then you, you kind of can't, yeah, you need to even I stuff think you're out. you're not the best in the world really unless you have already kind of even shit out. Yeah, true. Anyway, that's our preview of the weight classes yep let's touch on the overalls Ooh. so as far as i can see it females will be a fight between megan lee and evie yes now based on not nationals last year but their, their 2019 bests they're separated by around one gl point so we're using gl points instead of ipf points this year so it'll you'll have a number somewhere between 90 and 110 kind of thing Evie with 101.52, Megan Lee with 100.94 from last year. I believe that it's still going to be between them, and I'm definitely favoring Evie. We've been told to watch out for Hema Givind, uh, and therefore also Casey O'Malley, but when we've ran the calculations for where we think they'll wind up, we just can't see them hitting that 100-point mark. You know, the... 
it's fair to say that the the GL point calculator now is a lot more fair than the IPF point one is. Um, it's it's hard to argue, you know, either end of the spectrum or uh, regardless of what cl weight class someone's in. But you know, looking here, those the two lightweight class lifters are, are really performing head and shoulders above um, the rest of their peers. Whereas the seventy twos, although they are elite, they're not you know top five in the world elite yet. Yeah, um, it's a hard one actually. The closer I look at it, the more I'm like, eh, it could it could actually be a lot closer than it actually looks. Yeah, I think Evie's total there, which gives her 101 good lift points, is below what she's going to do. Definitely, it's 430, probably about 15 percent. Yeah, 10 it's to 15 percent lower. Megan, it's hard to say. Uh, I think she will do more than that. She'll undoubtedly bench a lot more than 70 kilos. Um, I haven't seen a lot from her deadlift. You gotta, you gotta understand though that with Megan, she, her putting two and a half kilos on a lift, is a lot more good lift points than yeah, Evie. Evie putting two and a half. Kilos and on even the lift. Then so it's the not just a case of them, you know, kind of adding <coughs> equal amounts. Megan doesn't have to progress as much in order to push Evie. Mm. So it's going to be close. Uh, if I was a betting man, which I am. Yep. I would probably put my money on Evie, but not with a lot of confidence. I'd just put it on Evie, to be honest. If she totals 460, it's it's good night. And I, based on what we know of her training, mm. that's, you know, she she's looking absolutely wicked. You know, both, all the people we've mentioned are, are fantastic world-class lifters and whatnot, but um yeah, Evie's really, really looking very strong at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even on a bad day, runner. I can't, I can't runner, see. Right? I, I find it hard to see her, her losing. Yeah, fair point. And as for the men. Yeah, so I think it's fair to say there's just two people in it, and I don't know about Chris, but I know Tim's definitely looking to um to take the title here. Pull for the win, if you will. Yes. So zero point six points separates these lads. Tim totaled 800s at Waikato's. Then a week later, Chris um, totaled 755 in a, in a weight class below, which was to pip Tim, I believe, talking to his coach, um, Kedrick. Um, we don't know really anything about Tim's training lately bar the 307 he pulled the other day, which was super easy. Yeah. We know quite a bit about Chris's. You said, you know, Jason, you thought he wasn't at the same uh, place he was as the year prior. Uh, sorry, the, the meet prior. They're both lifting, not in the same flight, but in the same session. Tim will have the opportunity to see what Chris does first, and to be honest, load what he wants. Um, but it's going to be really interesting. I will say, though, that Chris's lifts during regionals were probably easier than Tim's, and provided you know his weight stayed fairly consistent and whatnot, he's probably favorite to take it out. Yeah, I think... It's hard to say because we haven't seen enough from Tim. No. Like obviously, I can't see with confidence and be like, Chris will win. But I do think what you said in regards to him lifting more sub-maximally in comparison to Tim at regionals, and Tim's being a massive fucking PB, mm -hmm. I think that's enough to kind of suggest that Chris is the front runner. But like you said, Tim's deadlift looks good. He's going to have the opportunity to pull for the win. <laughs> uh, yeah. It'll, it'll, like if Chris has a bad day Tim will win 
I think the thing that That's just would make me think about Tim, Chris at times has had issue with his grip with deadlifts, but that seems to be a training related thing more than anything. Like at Auckland's, he took quite a long time to sort of get in place and set his, he set his grip and he destroyed 300. Yeah. Tim has had a kind of similar issue or lockout issues in the past, which he appears to have addressed. You know, he pulled like a, must have been 20, 25 kg PB for deadlifts at, um, yeah. at, at Waikato's. And, you know, depending on the conditions of the day, that could really be what separates the two. We think about Tim though, right? Like, he put, so what do you do? One, 300, 172 to 327. Mm-hmm. It's not really that, like, it was a huge PB and it was kind of like, kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, un, un, um, kind of not, not expected, right? Yeah. But, it kind of is because those are numbers that he has been hitting in the gym for a while. I think the only one that was a surprise was the deadlift, to be but, honest. You know, he's been hitting numbers like that, but with straps yeah, and yeah. a slightly whippier bar. So we're all kind of like, oh, you know, it's, ne- oh, it's never shown up on the platform, but it showed up on the platform. So if he can do that again and he can carry that momentum over, then, yeah, I don't know. I, my money's on Chris, I won't lie, but I think it'll be close. And yeah. It's gonna be fucking good. Yeah, no. Nah, he can bench one eighty, like that might put him put him in, in. Yeah, that would that could definitely help secure the the win there. And if Chris can stay healthy, like if Chris isn't one hundred percent healthy, he has had, like I said, some peak issues in the past. Yeah. As far as what we've heard about the two, um, I believe Chris is a bit lighter than what he was before Auckland's, which may or may not be a good thing. Yeah. Tim is light at the moment from what we gather like about 85 you know which for 83 at a high level is pretty light um the thing that i've noticed between them is like the weight changes don't seem to affect tim as much right you know chris lost a little bit of weight going into worlds last year and didn't have as good a worlds he did auckland's tim has fluctuated in weight more than many other people in the nzpf and he he knows the feeling tim's historically cut very successfully yes <laughs> he'll cut hard but successfully um he may hate it might cu- might really come down to what weight these fellas are walking around at and you know um Let's you know you always say what if, what if tim, t- uh, kim <laughs> what if tim comes in and weighs like 81 uh well i mean that that's sort of an interesting thought because i feel like both of these guys are always above the weight class they'd want to be close to it but 72 you know yeah yeah well that's the curveball like if you cut more you might not be as physically strong but you might gain good points yeah this might be wanting to to put put up a big total in respect to like the rest of the world but you'd be thinking you'd be looking overall yeah i don't know i i think the the real competition for these guys because they're so far ahead of their classes Mm. is just beating one another and taking the best lifter in new zealand you know and the only person to knock off after that is brett gibbs yeah definitely cool all right um so i think that that concludes it oh for uh yes i'm choosing chris because i think him and kedrick will play it safe which will ultimately secure them the win I'd probably pick Chris as well, but who knows? Yeah, uh, I'll tell you after it happens. Um, okay, so lastly, 
I um, put some questions out to my uh, loyal <laughs> followers, and I pretty much had one... One thing that's stuck out above the rest. We've got a lot of topics we can speak about, but there's one thing that's probably more important than everything really else. One really pressing topic, which is... You may have guessed it. I know you've all been waiting this whole... Fuck knows how long this has been going for. Yep. Uh, the boat race. Yep. So... Just to talk you through that real quick, and this is my drunken recollection of it, is last year at 2019 Nationals in Auckland, mm-hmm. we somehow came to the idea that... I think it was Amber from Otago. <laughs> I feel like it was Amber and I. I feel like I was heavily involved. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. We decided to pull together a boat race, and the lovely people at Alexandra Park who were hosting us were happy enough to kind of oblige. And let us set up tables yeah. to so do that. So, if you don't know what a boat, boat race is, it's essentially five vessels of alcohol, and as one person sculls, finishes it, puts it on the head, the next person goes, and so on and so forth, and then when the final person finishes and puts it on the head, that that's over so you usually race against another team on the other side i'm probably boring everyone but that's that's just how it is yeah so last year we had a pretty controversial final Mm -hmm. against between southern and auckland um it's still actually debated to this day as to who won i think auckland won i think auckland won yeah I, i mean i wouldn't be surprised yeah but um i think southern might say otherwise so I'm thinking, thinking it's going to happen again. I won't be there for it, but I entrust my co-host here to um, uh, facilitate said boat race quite well. So We'll be scouting uh, those with, uh, what would you call it, iron constitutions. So, so yes, so I could sit here and I could give you the odds. I could tell you Southern, probably the favourites, just mainly because us Aucklanders love to run as underdogs. Um, Christchurch, probably not even worth mentioning. Um, and then... So I could tell you that all, but but what I really want to put out there is like, let's uh let's get those teams sorted. Let's see the team yeah, list yeah, before yeah. we really go and just throw out guesses based off of regional stereotypes. Yeah, and there's there's going to be a few things people need to consider. You can't just have uh, people that are good at drinking from pint glasses or um, flute sort of glasses, for example. You need to make sure that if a bottle is presented and is the only vessel for um, consumption of liquid, that uh, someone has a good Vorteki technique, which will allow them to drink it much faster. In a, in a, in a glass. What did you just say? I wasn't listening. I was just saying that the vessel matters. So it you, has to be a you can't have jug. people that are just drinking from jugs. It's got to be a jug. Can it not be a... a no, what if it's you just... You've never played rugby. Uh, yeah, no, when it's I was like seven. If we it's didn't drink then. <laughs> okay. So what? Well, I'm just saying, what if there aren't any handles? Well, they can't be from a bottle. Why not? Because it's not how it works. It's got to be from a... You can't scull out of a bottle. Yes, I know you can do a fucking vortecky, but yeah. that's, so not how, that, that's not how a boat race works. So this is like... Um, pole vault what pole vault is to uh, high jump okay you can do your own vortiki boat race but i guess i won't be there but yeah all right but canterbury <laughs> don't put jamie if on I, your if team I, if i find out that the fucking boat race is <laughs> turned into vortex i'm leaving the zpf <laughs> i'm moving to fucking willpower thing you heard it here first oh no nah. <laughs> that that's not something we want believe it or not <laughs> uh so it needs to be either a handle or like a pint glass a handle or a pint glass so They're the same thing, aren't they? Anyway, yeah. more importantly, you need five members from yep. each region 
and you need one female. Someone at, starts, at least someone finishes. You need I would an say and a starter. For this, we probably need more than more you than one female. You need your strongest man anchoring your. Actually, it depends on how you want to play it. You have either your strongest man anchoring or your strongest man starting or female if you know she is that way inclined. Uh, so we'd love to hear some names, some teams. So, sorry, some teams named, and uh, yeah, I think that will really start the conversation more than anything. Yeah. So start thinking regions and i look forward to seeing the videos also uh referees rory lynch i think was one of them last year yep <laughs> um start practicing learn the rules for god's sake and um hopefully southern don't cheat this year that'd be good yeah <coughs> all right i think that about wraps it up that's it a lot of other stuff we could talk about but this has been a couple Same hours the Nats. Thank you to the gym, Jason and I co-own North Shore Barbell. Please buy our t-shirt so we don't have to close. Uh, and uh, our sponsors, Loaded Lifting. Use code NSBB for 10% off. Peace out. Peace out. Bye.